Welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. On this week's episode, Alex Miller, there's a lot of discussions to be had. Lots of expansion things creeping in. We've heard some news over the past week, which we'll get to in a little bit. I'm not too happy about some of it, but it sounds like the gears are starting to turn for a few of the clubs. Not too happy is a bit of an understatement, Kat. Uh, very displeased with the news that came out on the weekend. But look, it was a great round. And look, I'm very, we're very excited for the future of AFLW with some of this news coming out. And yeah, very exciting. Alex Doherty, of course, it was a big round of footy as well. And it looks like the top six has basically been decided at this point with, unfortunately, your doggies going down to the pies and the sun's going down as well as St Kilda. So it's just going to be a matter of uh, how it shapes up for the rest of the season now. Yeah, look, it's disheartening knowing that we'll, uh, we've coughed up six spots to a team that won't even make... Uh... Won't even get past the first week of finals. Whoever, whoever takes on Collingwood's basically got a free ride at this point um, to, to, to week two. But look, it is what it is. Um, I th- look, I think um, plenty to take away from the weekend, uh, both from the dogs and from the the, 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 the round in general, Cat. But, geez, I'll tell you what, you, you, you dropped drop some, drop some stuff on, on me this morning about this whole expansion discussion. Mm. Yes, well, as I found out, um, I believe they went with this sort of system back in the first round of expansion as well, but we're currently looking at a bit of a point system for how teams are giving up players, essentially. So each player will be worth a certain number of points on a scale, and every team has to give up a certain number to the expansion size come the start of next year. So I guess what it, it looks like, Miller, is that mm. if you've got if you want if you're willing to part with one of your really big stars and then maybe an extra fringe player or something like that, then you can only lose really two players at the end of the day. But the alternative is if a team wants to poach a few of your depth players mm. or those that are sort of in that middle bracket, you could end up looking at four or five out. So I guess the discussion we want to look at is. What's more worth it? Do you do you part ways with a star and keep the majority of your core group together, or do you sacrifice your depth to keep the big names around and hope you can hit the draft hard and fill in those gaps? Well, that's that's the thing, Ken. I was going to ask quickly as well. Is there a minimum players that can? Does it have to be at least one taken from each club, or is there a maximum you can take, or is it just as you mentioned? I, I believe it's. I believe every team can take at least one from each okay. club. I, I can't imagine Port and Sydney will be doing that for everyone because no. they're out of their uh, zones and Essendon and Hawthorne and more to choose from. But yeah. every team must lose a certain number of points. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, look, my it's. Of it. Yeah, very great question. I think that, you know, as we briefly talked before we went to air, is that we, we were using Collingwood as an example. I think it's a great discussion point to begin with, Kat. And you think about the, the star players in that team, Doc. Do, do you just go, look, we got to get rid of one of them to save, you know, the depth and overall talent of the collective team compared to an individual? Yeah, it is a very good question. Uh, look, we we talk about Collingwood. They've got you know a plethora of stars in the midfield. We see mm. a player like Michaela can maybe look look for better opportunities elsewhere. I know that she was a, an Eastern Rangers girl, played at Hawthorne's VFLW team before she got drafted by the Pies as well. So look, there could be could be um could be a way. Look, I think in, in it, it all depends. I think in in Collingwood's circumstance, maybe getting rid of one of the star players wouldn't be the worst wouldn't be the worst option in the world. Yeah. Um. But then again, they're carrying. If you're Hawthorne, you're the most likely player that you're going to take is probably Jamie Lambert because Davey's going to be back from that knee reconstruction. You assume round one, uh, 2023, considering uh, that is if we have the 
the season kicking off in January again. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Benici might not play next season either, considering the yeah. fact that she just did her ACL on the weekend as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of variables to take into the situation. And I think... Mm-hmm. Look, it it, it provides it provides um it provides these expansion clubs with, with a bit to think about. I mean, I actually just wrote wrote a column piece at the Mungrel. It's probably due to go up, you know, either today or tomorrow, um, about who about Hawthorne, who Hawthorne and Essendon can look at can look at taking and mm-hmm. and I tell you what, I tell you what, it's um gives you, gives you a bit to think about, Cap. Yeah, it does. It, I guess when you look at the pies, like um, obviously we've heard, like you say, Michaela Can with the links to Hawthorne. Um, Chloe Malloy, of course, has also had her name tied to both Essendon and Sydney. So, oh, but she's loyal. She's loyal to the Pies Cat. <laughs> but she is loyal. The money speaks, doesn't it, Doc? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yes, it's hundred percent. It does. Um, look, you can you can cry loyalty all you want, but uh, money's a money's a harsh harsh reality in, in football these days, especially in women's football when the money is uh, absolutely sparse. Mm. Yeah, but... I guess I guess if you're the Pies, you look at something like maybe saying, well. You know, we can. Malloy has got offers from elsewhere. What other areas can you part with a player from? Mm. Maybe you look at their back line, it's their strongest area of the ground. Maybe you say if they get rid of a Malloy and a, a Butler or a Jordan Allen or something like that, and then that's basically they've lost a star forward and they've lost a, a very strong defender, but mm. they're keeping most of the areas of ground intact. Or it is, as you say, as well, Miller a midfielder, whether they get rid of someone like that. Wow. Um, so sorry, Miller. Just for you, is there any idea of how these points, how this point system works? Is it sort of based on contract status? Is it based on what the body of work they've done around the ground is, or is it sort of based on you know what their roles are within the team? It's it's yeah, it's a bit of both. It's it's like how where they are in their careers, what current contract and and money they're on, um, what accolades they've won as well. So if they've gotten an All Australian or a Best Club Best and Fairest or a League Best and Fairest, that puts them up in value as well so essentially the biggest names in the competition are going to be worth the most if you've been in australia yeah. if you want a best and fairest then you're the biggest fish at the club basically well i yeah. suppose my question to you cat was as doc mentioned i think it, do you think it depends a lot on circumstances per team in terms of like you know if you are you know a team like richmond who don't mm-hmm. have a lot of depth would you be more willing maybe to part away with a few more players compared to, you know, maybe a team like the Crows who are just so well stacked that they might want to, you know, keep the star players and, you know, do you think it just depends, you know, per team? Yeah, I think the Crows definitely will have a lot of their depth um, taken by Port. Yeah. I think that'll be the way that Port would go. Try and land a, a Phillips and then a few depth <laughs> players I think will be right at the top of their agenda. Yes or um, no, boys, is Phillips in Port Colours next year? Start with your cap. Oh, I, I think it's <laughs> got to be a yes. Surely, how would she pass up the opportunity to play in Port Colours? There's no way she wouldn't. 100%, 100% yes. Yep, she'll, she'll, yes she'll, she'll, she'll be at Port next year. Sorry, yeses. <laughs> Lock it in. But yeah, I think it's going to be rough for teams like you say, Miller, mm. like the Tigers, the Saints, the Blues. Yeah, Saints the is a great one, Kat. Uh, where do you, where, how do you see their list stacking up You know, going into the expansion? I don't. They don't. The thing is, they don't have many stars to give. No. The Saints. Their their best player basically is out for the season, and their second best midfielder was injured with an ACL. Um, yeah. I don't really think they can afford to make negotiations with Tiana Smith because if they lose her, that's the team 
basically stuffed. Um, <laughs> yep. So I think it's going to be, it's got to be depth or nothing really for the Saints, I think, Doc, because if you're losing a star, then you've basically got no star power left. Can, can, can we say that Nikki Zenos is the best Saint in the team right now? <laughs> At the moment. We can right now, absolutely. the way she yeah. has. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Um, now, look, it is interesting because, you know, who, who knows where Georgia Patricius will be in 12 months' time? Who knows where, who knows what the what the policies are in the AFL in 12 months' time? But if they are what they are, then, geez, it's going to be very tough for her to, to get back into, in, into any team, really. Mm. Um uh, look, I've been think. Look, whilst you whilst you guys have been talking about, it, I've been thinking about the doggies. Um, and look, I just want to say, I think we're look already we're sort of too reliant on very few very few players. Uh, we, like every every week, I've covered the dogs on the Mungle punt. Um, Blackburn's found a way to, to step up. Kirsty Lamb's been the best player in 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 the team all season. Bonnie Toogood's the player we usually kick to in the forward line, and our defenders, our, our defensive group has stood up magnificently all year. Mm. Uh, I don't know who we can afford to lose more, whether it's the kids that are coming through, you know, Fitzgerald, Nell, um, uh, all those other kids, or do we do we bite the bullet and say, well, let's, let, let, let's let's give off Kirsty Lamb or let's let's let Ellie walk to Sydney? Mm. I, I it, it, it's hard. I, I don't want to see anybody leave. If anyone's got to leave, there's probably some of the some of the more. Um, or some of the players, like you know, the twenty, the twenty-first picked or the twentieth picked, uh, whoever, whoever that might be. Um, but geez, I tell you what, if I if I, if I had to see another another uh, player leave uh, expansion, especially a star player, I've, I don't, I don't want. I, I'm, I'm, I'm dreading the thought of saying this on air, but I I, I can see a, a team like Sydney target Izzy Huntington, mm, yeah, and, and, and 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 take her up north, and I, and I don't want that. I tell you what, it is going to be very interesting because I think, like we've just discussed here, I think that so many different avenues care for so many different teams, and it'll be interesting to see how teams go about it. And the list management group's got a very big uh, job ahead of them coming into next year. Absolutely, I, 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 I think you, I'd love. Oh, sorry, Doc, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Kat. I was just going to ask, what what would a play, what would a player like George Pasparkas is in her first year in the competition? Big raps on her already, and. Look, she might not win the Rising Star Award and might might not win many of the uh, league wide accolades, but she'll be very highly regarded in inside the um the four walls at Geelong. What what do you see a player like her being worth in terms of the point system? I think being a high draft pick will play into it as well. Uh, plus, the Rising Star nomination definitely plays mm. into it. Um, obviously, I don't think she's going to win it at this point. I think it's got a nice little Chaz robot and bow uh, <laughs> already wrapped around it. But um, I think, yeah, the nomination plus being uh, a first-round top mm. 10 pick definitely um, will play into her values somewhat. But yeah, for sure. Next time there's a presser with Nicole Livingston-Doc, I'll ask for some clarification because <laughs> I think everybody's scratching their heads yeah. a little bit on how yeah. this system works at the moment. Um, but if, if you want to <laughs> let us know, I'd love to know about uh, our listeners' thoughts about your team. Would you prefer to lose a star or would you prefer to lose a few depth players to expansion? Let us know a340footy at gmail.com. So I think it is a very interesting discussion. And like we said, each club, uh, club by club, is going to be very different in what they would prefer I tell you what, I've got a better chance winning the lottery than getting clarification from Nicole Livingston, but you know, that's just that's just me. We're going to have to try, Doc. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> moving into this expansion discussion is some recent news about 
Melbourne's Daisy Pierce. So obviously Daisy uh, is potentially looking at her last year playing this year and everybody across the footy world is scrambling to snap up her services. It looks like at this point she's got a pretty big (laughs) assistant coaching offer at Mm. Geelong on the table, boys. But the other thing from that Age article was talking about how Essendon has offered her the AFLW senior coaching gig, which she she turned down. Oh, he's not happy here. What do you think, Jack? Give us your first thoughts on it all, Your, your first reaction. Now, boys, I, I love Daisy as much as the next fan. Oh, we, 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 we all love Daisy. She's yep. a fantastic player. She's a fantastic footy mind. She's a brilliant captain, a brilliant leader, everything that you want out of a footy player. But what she is not at the moment is a coach. Nice. Daisy, the only coaching experience Daisy currently holds is that she's a part of a coaching academy this year, which she only joined this year. Uh, as far as I'm aware, she's done no assistant coaching beforehand, at least not in a formal sense. She might have done some informal positions at the D's or in the VWFL um, previously, but nothing like what some of the other candidates bobbing around uh, have done currently. So I am very disappointed in the club for offering this position straight up to Daisy because it feels like a move of desperation. Yeah, I was about to ask, to me, does boys. it feel sort of rush cat in terms of you mentioned the other candidates and there's some great ones out there. Do you think they just sort of maybe heard the, the rumours and shakes that, you know, someone else is going to offer a deal and like, oh, well, we better give her a head coaching role then? Well, that's it. If she's going to Geelong, she's obviously off the table for 17 other clubs. So yeah. why not go the full banana and try and offer her <laughs> the top job from the get-go, which I don't think – I can't think of many star players, boys, that have walked straight out of playing to coaching and actually made a successful jump no, no. Um, quickly. It took – it took Bucks 10 years to find any sort of success with and the And he still pilots. got sacked. And he still ended up getting sacked <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, and I don't want my AFLW team to be floundering down the bottom of the ladder for eight seasons before doing anything of note. No, I was going to say, Doc, it's probably not the way to go for Essendon to build a great foundation. You sort of want an established coach with a system, game plan, um, standards that are going to be, you know, right from the get-go, not a coach that's going to be fighting their mould and their game plan like the team is yeah, yeah. from the get-go. You need, you need ready-made coach, I think. Yeah, well, there's no doubt that Daisy's got one of the smartest football minds in the game. There's undisputed, no yeah. one can argue that. But, yes, I, I'm with you. You look at players in, in the men's competition who've made the jump almost basically from playing to coaching. You know, Bucks was a good example. Michael Voss, I think, uh, jumped into the role, I think it was about a couple of years after his retirement. Um, Brett Ratton was similar mm. um, at Carlton. Um, and and uh, there was another one as well, but I can't actually think of it uh, right now. But I think the proof is in the pudding. Uh, you need the experience as an assistant coach. And look, I think, this, uh, I can't remember who I was talking to the other day, but somebody said, um, somebody said that the minimum, the minimum number of years to be an assistant before you jump into the senior coaching role is about 10 years. Hmm. And I, th- I think that's spot on because honestly, you could learn so much in ten years, five years. You, you might, you might think, okay, I'm ready to ready to make the jump, but I don't think, but I don't think that's going to hold you in good stead for you know the longest time. I think, hmm. but I think between that seven to ten year bracket as an assistant coach is perfect for you to make that jump. So right, if you if you feel yeah. like you're ready to coach, go coach. I, yeah. I think, and and. Honestly, yeah, I, I'm with you, Kat. I, I feel like this is a move of desperation, and I, I, it, it feels unnecessary as well because there's 
coaches because there's coaches in VFLW that are ready to make. I, I feel like that are ready to make the yeah. jump up. You know, there's probably, we've got premiership coaches. You know, knocking around in their dock. You got Penny Killer Reed, who's just sitting there at the gulls, asking to be offered a senior contract uh, with an AFLW club. You know, you got Paddy Hill, who's assistant coaching mm. with the Saints, and he's been around the coaching sphere for I think it's on ten years now. Yeah. He's been coaching women's footy for about. Five or six, so he's won a premiership as well with the Hawks and the VFLW. He clearly knows how to do it um, with a team from scratch because that was their first year or second year in the competition, rather. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this move is. I don't know why I, we would do that. I, I tell you what was interesting, Cat. Um, um, Peter Holden at Wharf Radio told me this um, on the weekend whilst we were calling Darabin Hawthorne, but I think it was uh, the weekend before when Essendon were playing uh, Port, Port Melbourne. I think that, I think they were at the hangar as well. Um, that he noticed that there was uh, one Peter Searle sitting sitting around asking <laughs> yes. about the, asking about the players. Um, so look, maybe that's an option. And I, and, I, and honestly, after the way that she was handled out at, at St Kilda, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Even even if even if, if it's just for one year or, mm. or two or two years, and and try and groom somebody like a like a Mel Hickey up to the role. Yeah, Peter Searle would be fantastic. And even if you want to go with someone a bit more speculative, Doc, you talk about. Mel Hickey, she's been involved with the mm. Falcons for a good few years now. Sam Virgo's been coaching juniors basically for the last 10 years, and then she's moved up into the seniors um, over her time. She did the Queensland State team. She's been coaching a men's side in um, one of the Queensland footy leagues. Um, there's plenty of options. Alicia Eva as well, we talked about too, Doc. If, if the Giants aren't willing to, to sack McConnell Miller and Eva's <laughs> still sitting around there getting towards the end of her career... Why wouldn't you throw her a line and try and lure her over? Well, that's right. I think that especially given, look, it sounds like that the Bombers may want to face straight out of the league. But I, I don't know. I think um, I agree with – I think Virgo would be a great shirt. I'm pretty, pretty big advocate for the work that's been done with her um, coaching. So, look, I think – yeah, I agree. There's no – I think it's obvious, Kat, that we're not arguing that Daisy wouldn't be a great footy mind. But would she be a great head coach right now? Probably not. And yeah. that's obviously why Geelong have offered a assistant position. So, look, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out for sure. But just, just, sorry, sorry, Miller. Just one more play. Just one more coach that I want to want to mention. If Port don't snap up Chrissy Steen out of South Australia, then the Bombers should be asking the question here mm. of of getting her because she's got runs on the board both at North Adelaide and South Adelaide in, in the women's competition over the last few years. I think you she'll know. get the job at Port quietly, Doc. I reckon she's a shoo-in for it. Oh, geez, I'll tell you what. If she if she doesn't get the job at Port, I'll absolutely spew up because <laughs> th- this this woman has got uh, has got coaching experience beyond her years, I yeah, think. She's no, just, I and She's an absolute stalwart of women's footy. Yeah. Get her in. Well, despite my disappointment in the club, we do have to move on and keep talking topics. Let's actually talk a bit of AFLW boys out in the actual games that happened. Doc, you wanted to talk about the Giants last week and we didn't give you a chance. But we spared them and now they will be destroyed, Cap. This week, another disappointing effort against the Blues. You called them the worst three-win team you'd ever seen in the AFLW, Doc, and they're languishing in tents. They're somehow outside the bottom four still. The Cats charging for it. They want their position, and they've got the Saints this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> look, honestly, look, look, I watched a little bit of the Giants game against Carlton on the weekend. It wasn't bad. It's certainly better than anything they've dished up in the past seven weeks. Mm. Um, but, look, I, I, it feels like there's there's just too much left of too few. You see 
you see a player like Elise Parker who's just busting her butt off week in, mm. week out, and Alicia Eva is a, a player that does the same. But then you look at some of the some of the more senior, experienced heads of this team, and what are, what in the hell are they doing? Like, <laughs> like Nicola, Nicola Barr's just sort of drifting in and out of games as she, as she pleases. You know, Tanya Heavington, I think it's time for her to hang up the boots uh, end of this season. I think she looks she looks slow. She looks um she looks lost to the game. Um, and I, I was going to criticise Brid Stack for looking lost as well, but I think she, her last couple of weeks have actually been quite quite all right. What about um, one of your favourites, uh, Tate Macklin? Uh, Tate Mackerel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> look, she hasn't played many games this season. Um, I no. think she she's had COVID. She got suspended for that hit. Um, I think it was against Frio. I think at the start of the year as well. So, no, look, ha, look, slight pass on her because because she, she, <laughs> she's had a bit of an interrupted season. But um, oh, look, I, I'm talking about the players that are, that are actually getting games. I mean, mm-hmm. what the hell? What the hell is Lorenzini doing? Yeah, not much. Uh, Two what, yeah, I don't know how weekend. she's kept her spot in this side for so long. Doc, it's amazing. And and the and the thing and Kat, you and I have discussed this a few weeks ago as well. I tuned into I've tuned into McConnell's press conferences a fair bit, and he's and he's singling out players uh, in a negative in a negative sense. Mm. And you know, saying like, "Oh, I can't remember." Who, I think it might have been Lister at, at one point, and, and I think she's another one who's really battling at the moment, mm. uh, Annalise Lister. But I think he he singled he singled out Lister for for an effort or two, and said it wasn't good enough. Yeah, it was something like that. And you and I, we had this discussion like we, they, they shouldn't. He shouldn't be doing that. No, yeah, I think no. it was after the um the North game when he was. I was in I was in that press conference actually, and I asked him a couple of questions. And yeah, I don't think. I don't think I've ever quite heard a coach respond that way in terms of, you know, the, the general consensus is no matter how you play, you've always got the players' backs 100%. Well, that's At the very job. least publicly. What you, yeah. what you do in the, in the change rooms afterwards, Miller, is completely different from what you, you say to the media, you know? 100% agree, Kat. I was just about to say that to you. Is that you that's, that's your job is to back them. Like, like yeah. that, that's, you're, that's why you're fronting the media there. Obviously, they answer questions, but to back your players, no matter if uh, you know, you're getting beaten by three points or 300, you're always there to support the players. That doesn't mean that, you know, you, you can say maybe the collective group effort wasn't as good, the back line or whatever, but I agree, Doc. Um, pointing out individual players' effort is not good enough, considering should be pointing the effort of bloody his job. He's been absolutely woeful, I think. And as Kat mentioned before, I can't believe he hasn't been sacked yet. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll look, I'll tell you what, the, um, the, the sweepstakes on who's going to get sacked first is going to be is going to be interesting between him and, and him and Harford at Carlton. Um, <laughs> I was just going to... Oh, sorry, Doc. I was just going to add, um, we're talking about the Giants, the forward line, boys, for me, is what's really letting bad. Rooted. Yeah, I think yeah, 100%, Kat, I think looking at the structure forward of the ball, as you would have seen on the weekend as well, Doc, it's just nowhere near a team that's going to be able to score heavily, um, regardless of who they play. I just think that they're just in, they've, they've only got 212 points for this year, which is, you know, not really good enough for mine. So I think that the forward line in particular, not even just goal kicking, but the structure has been absolutely woeful for yeah, absolutely. Just the the, the the system, the ball use. Yeah. They're not. They're, they're looking very conservative when they have the ball. They're not trying to take the game on. No. And when and when they do, they lack the poise and the skill to, to pull it off in the, in the manner like Adelaide or or Brisbane do on on the weekend. Can I just tell you this, Miller? Yeah. Uh, there's actually there's actually two things. I'll I'll, I'll go back to the coaching decisions uh, first. Um, mm. This is this was what pissed me off a couple of weeks ago. I uh, watched watched the GWS Melbourne game. I reviewed it on the Mongrel. Yeah. 
two matchups inside Melbourne's Ford 50. They had, mm. you, had, you had Pepper Randall on Taylor Harris, and Taylor Harris absolutely tore a new, a new one. Yeah. Um, no change was made, no. and, and Randall gave away, I think, maybe three or four free kicks. Yeah, and, and and this is nothing against Pepper Randall. No, you know, she's I, just some out of a height division, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, I love Pepper Randall. I love her contested work. I love that she niggles and mm. and harasses the opposition even off the ball. But that that's not a right matchup for mine. No, and and, and it and it, and it showed on the weekend because she just could not reach uh, what Harris was reaching for. The second one was Hetherington on Pierce, and this is why I think Hetherington should give up the game because she just went to ground too easily. She against against a. A player who's a similar age, but mm. give, giving away. Uh, but she's but she's obviously a couple of centimeters taller. Mm. Pierce was just running circles around her. Yeah. It, 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 and and I don't, and I, I think maybe once McConnell tried to try to make a move on. I think it was Graham on Harris. I think it was in the second quarter, but that that was quickly turned around and had and had Randall back on her in about ten minutes. There's just whether or not this is a whether or not there's they're lacking the cattle or not. It's just this coaching moves are just annoying. Well, that's what I, that's what I'm going to say to you, Kat. Is that do you, I think he's so unwilling to change things in that? Yes, when matchups don't go right, you know you've you've got to be able to change things on the mm. fly, not at quarter time or half time or next week or sorry, next time you play them. You need to be able to do it, you know, in game. And I think that's something that he's really lacked is creativity. Yeah. Not saying you know. Put your rucks in the forward line and backs in the in the whatever. I'm not saying that, but I 100 agree with Doc's points about the matchups. There were some, but even this week there was some that was a bit questionable. I thought the midfield um, was a lot better though for the Giants. But in general, I mean, let's talk about blowing it up. I mean, what, what does that look like going into the off season cap for you? Trading or mm. trying to get a good draft position, or what do you think? Well, it's going to be hard for them because they're not going to be in the position to do no. a lot of trading because Sydney's going to have prime access to a lot of these players. That's and right. With the state the team's in, they're going to be willing to jump over yep. to a bit more of a prospective uh, franchise with a, with a proven coach at the helm as well. Um, but you talk about the midfield as well, Miller. Obviously, it helps having Beso back in there mm. too structurally-wise. But it, I think sometimes McConnell doesn't understand the strengths of these players enough, like... No. The Nicola Barr move up forward, Doc, was out of necessity, and now she's kicked five goals um, for the season when she hadn't kicked one prior. So I don't know how you can coach a player for five seasons and not realise that they have the potential to be a goal kicker other than by finding it out by accident. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I mean, this is that, that game against the Bulldogs, I had to make changes... Yeah. Out of necessity, we we saw uh, Stevenson played one of her best games as well up forward that game as well, but then it's just then uh, since then it's just been more of the same. It's just been more of the same from what he wants to do, and it's not let let's 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 change things around here. And, and it's not benefiting anyone, is it, Doc? From the players to the team, and no one's actually doing anything better by what he's trying to do. So you, you mentioned the forward line before, Miller. Mm. Cora Staunton, who's about 41 years old, has kicked 11 <laughs> yeah. of their 30 goals yeah, that's, this year. Yeah, that's crazy. That's almost that, half. Yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, it's, over a third of, it's over a third of their goals. And honestly, yeah. look, this and I'm, I'm not knocking Cora anymore. I think at her age, the fact that she can still go, that's fantastic. Yeah. There's no one around. There's no one else around her that's no. really lifting up. We've seen Doyle try to lift when the ball's going out there, but she's being, vic- but she's being a victim of just criminal ball movement. Yeah, it's crap. It's crap. Yeah, I it's hundred percent agree. Uh, um, agree. And and look, we, we've we've 
we've we've we've expected more from Privatelli this year, and she's delivered nothing. Um, right. uh, Catherine Smith, I, I don't know what her role in this team is. She just seems to be floating around in in every which every which position. About to say, Doc, I've seen her play. I think just about everyone on the ground, and I don't know why that's happening because I think that she's a good player, but mm. she can't get any form of consistency. Cat, when you're playing back forward wing. Um, yep. every week. So, look, I think that, that's what frustrates me. So, look, I, I agree. I think it's going to be tough in the off-season, as you mentioned, Kat, because they, they need to get – they're not going to have a lot of assets because, like you said, a lot of them will just walk. They'll just say, all right, see ya. Okay. Yeah. If I'm Elise Parker, I'm getting the first train to Sydney. If I'm Scott Gowans, I'm buying her a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a rough year for the Giants, I think. Boys are going to have one of the most difficult transition periods of anyone – um, because it's it's enough to, to be getting players taken from you when you're good, but when you're bad, it's uh, even even worse. But let's take, jump. Take, t- take MPs, take Ali Dalloway, take Ali Morfitt. <laughs> and run. And run, and, Scotty. And, and, and go. <laughs> I will say just quickly, sorry, Kat, before I move on, yeah, Dalloway's been really good this year. Absolutely. Oh, I said it before, boys, but how's the player who wasn't even on the list and was playing state league footy last season and jumped on two weeks before play better than, than half the rest of the team? She, very think. impressive. Again, this week, Doc and Doyle. So, yeah. Oh, and also take Doyle. Yeah. We need Doyle in Sydney Colours next year. So there are some bright lights, but unfortunately they'll be playing in brighter colours next year. I wanted to look at the top six as well, boys, because as I mentioned at the start of the show, it is basically set from this point. It would be... A minor miracle for the Pies to drop out from here. Um, but it is still possible. But at the same time, it's going to realistically be these six teams fighting it out for spots. But I want to know what we see the top six looking like come finals time. So the way it's looking at the moment, it looks like one of Adelaide or Melbourne has locked down a top two spot. And looking at the Crows fixture, they've basically got their fate in their own hands. They should be able to notch up wins against the Pies and the Saints over the next two weeks. So realistically, they've got that top two spot sorted. But they've got top games... one sorted. Well, yes, top one sorted. There's a few games this week, boys. The Dees and the Dockers and Brisbane and North, which will decide not only potentially a top two spot for Melbourne, but also home finals and things like that. Yeah. Um, basically, it looks like whoever wins out of these games is going to be securing themselves a home final. If Frio win, they can jump back into the top two as well. Um, whereas if, if between Brisbane and North are fighting out for that home spot. So how do we sort of see it finishing out um, across the next couple of weeks? Oh, well, I suppose the first thing for me that is highlighted, as you mentioned, Kat, the matchups this weekend. I think Brisbane and North obviously cannot be understated how important that is with both team with our North in fifth and Brisbane fourth, respectively. I think that uh, as well... If Brisbane can win this week, I think they could possibly lock down a top two spot. I think that look, I think the Crows will nail one down, but I think Melbourne look, they got a tough, they got Freo as you mentioned this week. That's a ma- that's a massive game, but I think Brisbane's they got a nice run home. I'm not sure who they've got the week uh, after. The, do- the doggies. The oh, they've, got, they've, got the, they've got the doggies in Ballarat round ten. Yeah. Okay. Well, for, the, for the Lions to make top two from here, Miller, essentially what they need to happen is. They need Frio to win against yeah. Melbourne this week. Uh, but they, will, they, they, they need they to build... Count. Yeah, they could. They need to build a better percentage than Frio to leapfrog them. And then, of course, uh, win in their last game as well. So yeah. 
It is similarly in their own hands. They did themselves very nice favour with their percentage booster this week. Well, correct. I am looking at the percentage here, Cat. 189.3 is Frio and Brisbane only uh, 186.3. So mm. not far off at all. So look, I, I think it can go right. But yes, they need Frio need to beat the Ds this week. But I think as well, Doc, something to keep in mind will be interesting in terms of, you know, what about North? Like, you know, there's still a chance, I think, to push towards, you know, that fourth position as well, for sure as well. But they've got a lot more percentage to climb. Yeah, well, if they can beat Brisbane on uh, this weekend, then yeah. I think that that's a, that's a huge step in the right direction. Obviously, the bigger the margin, the better. Mm. And if they can keep Brisbane to maybe one or two goals in the game, that's, that's going to be huge for them. But I honestly can't see that with North Melbourne. I think they're... Uh, Look, they can be leaky. I think they've improved since their uh, game against Adelaide at the start yeah. of the year. But I, I looked at their game on the weekend is Melbourne. I think, oh, geez, how are they going to kick a winning score? How are they going to kick six, seven goals on on, yeah. a, on a side like Brisbane, who are a very staunch defensive unit? Very um, yeah, I think, look look up the ladder. I think that, that second spot's free for the taking if they want it. Um, mm. I think... They were they were let down by some very poor decision making errors on the weekend against Adelaide, um, and I think this game against Melbourne is going to be something something really massive because I think the D's are are really hitting their stride now at the right time of the year, and if they can manage to keep Taylor Harris under wraps and and and, and look credit to Freo's defensive unit on the weekend they were brilliant. Yeah, if they can manage to keep Taylor Harris some. Um, uh, quiet, which is not going to be an easy thing to do uh, no. on the basis of this year, then I think they can really solidify themselves in that top two spot. Um, yeah, look, Br- Brisbane, I can see them getting a home fine. I can see them beating North Melbourne, and I can see them beating us at Mars Stadium hmm. uh, in round 10. I can, and then, yeah, look, Melbourne, yeah, well, it depends on, well, yeah, it depends on how, how they go against Carlton. Carlton round 10. Yeah. If, if, the, if they beat, if they beat Freo, then yeah, definitely top two is theirs. Um, I, I think that's just about locked in. Um, but yeah, geez, I'll tell you what, that, that game that game on the weekend, Melbourne Freo, that's going to decide the rest of the top six. Yeah, and I think, Kat, I think mm. Cooper and the coaching staff would have taken a lot out of the Adelaide game. As Doc mentioned, there were some mistakes that were a bit unlike um, and I think that they would have taken a lot out of that. And I think that they probably should respond this week. My only question is, Cat, uh, how do you see the midfields matching up between Melbourne and, and Freya? Because obviously both absolutely stacked. Mm. Um, how do you see it going? Well, once again, I don't know if Bowers is back in mm. this week. And obviously we know Freya have a very um, strong midfield outside of her, but the D's midfield has been working an absolute treat. And against yeah. uh, someone like North Melbourne, even though North did win the clearance count, um, I thought they were fantastic and Karen Paxman's benefited from yeah. having more inside players around there. Um, the insiders are just, they're tucking in every week and they're getting it done. Um, I would back the D's midfield to win this battle here. So, I don't know, it's a very tough one. These two games, are, they oh, decide so much. I'm excited both... to hear the tips, Kat, of what yeah. you and <laughs> I'm still weighing and... them up in my mind, mate. I was going to say, David, have a man. Any, in my, any mine in my head yet? No, no idea. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> it's going to be a very, very big week this week. But we have some tips later. We do have to run through some of our other segments, boys. Yes. Let's tackle who's the woman. Uh, and speaking of teams that are at the top of the ladder, Doc, you've got a player here as your woman of the week who has been enjoying the top of the ladder all year round and has been enjoying some of the best form of her career all year round too. Yeah, well, look, 
the, the crows are flying, and so is this, and so is this young lady. Um, she's my woman of the week, Ebony Marinoff, the milestone woman. Yeah, uh, obviously the, the, the first player to uh, reach a thousand disposals uh, the previous week against GWS, but also she'll be the uh, one of the first players to get fifty games on the weekend, which is which mm. is even be- which is even better. But her game, oh look, you could raffle off a couple of players that, against the against the Dockers that played well, but I thought Marinoff was the was the clear standout, and here's why. You know, when we think about her first year in the AFLW, she was just this inside specialist, great tackle player, very good contested contested ball winner as well. But as we've seen over the years, she's really steadily building on that craft, and she's now she only had the nine contested possessions out of her thirty disposals on the weekend. And mm. the fact that she's been able to to receive the ball on the outside and and hit targets inside fifty with such fluency, that's mm. that's the thing that that's the thing that I've really enjoyed the most out of Ebony Marinoff this year is the fact that she's now really developed herself into a, a an elite. Uh, two-way midfielder in the sense that she could win a ball on the inside, great clearances. She had five on the weekend, yep. six tackles to go along with that. But she's also receiving on the outside and just delivering it to to the forwards with such such precision. It was just, oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch. I think I think that between that and 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 Hatchard's link up play on the weekend, that's what helped Adelaide get over the line. Yeah, yeah they're humming the crows. They're looking like the teams. I know we've talked about the teams that are right up there, but. Jeez, it's going to be hard to beat them in a home prelim if they can <laughs> stay with this win-loss record for the rest of the year, boys. It's going to be very, very difficult. Well, very hard. Miller, you've got one that maybe flew a bit under the radar and has a bit this week, but I'm with you on she's had a fantastic season. I'm very glad you're recognising her. She has had a great year, Kat. Very strong uh, building on last year as well. Uh Going to go to the Carlton GWS game where the Blues got up by 18 points, boys. And I'm going to go to a very influential player, as Kat mentioned, not just this season, but again this week. Abby McKay, boys, is uh, is my pick. Uh, she had 14 touches, seven kicks, seven handballs, two marks, four tackles, and two goals, one. But I really liked her uh, leading up and presenting, uh, Doc. You would have seen it uh, during the game coverage this week. And I thought um, she was really good and very dangerous um, and dynamic forward again. Yeah, that was um, it was something that I, I actually didn't expect to see from Abby McKay, but she seems to have found a, a little a little niche in her game mm. as that sort of for, as that sort of mid forward. We've yeah. we've seen we've seen a few players across the league do that sort of push forward. Bree Davy did a lot of, a lot of it last year, and we've seen players like Lamb build on it. Haley Miller, Emily Bates, even Miller, one of your favourites. Yeah. Um. So it, it, this is fantastic, and we're seeing Prasparkas at Carlton sort of being that. Uh, all-round sort of player, um, that, but I th- we love to see Abby, McK- Abby McKay get recognised because I look. I think she's had a, a bit of a sluggish start to the year, but over the last couple of weeks in particular, I think she's starting to really pick up yeah. uh, where she left off in twenty twenty one. Like yeah, that. definitely, and uh, kudos to her as well for how she managed to stay strong in that midfield group when Grace Egan was out as well. Miller, I thought she did a great job of applying that pressure that that Greggy usually brings. So. A really solid year from her all around so far, I have to say. Definitely the young abs. Now, I'm going to go with a veteran of the game, though. Once we go from a youngster. And I'm going to look at the pies. It was a game that Alex Doherty won't want to remember too much. And from some of the messages he sent through in the A3 group chat during the game, it cannot be released to the public. Uh, <laughs> we'll say that we won't talk about it for any longer than we need to. But one player that was instrumental in the pies match was Jamie Lambert. We talked about her third quarter briefly before we started Doc as one of the best individual quarters that a player has put on this year. Kicked all three of her goals in that. 
Uh, you know, they call it the Premiership quarter for a reason. And the Pies were sort of, it was a pretty close game up to that point. Um, they'd gotten ahead. They pulled a little bit ahead before halftime, but uh, Choppy really put the nail in the coffin. And that uh, five-goal lead that she put them up to was the end margin mm. or the 25 points at the end of the game. So clearly she was the player that impacted the most. Plus her work through the middle two, 22 disposals, seven tackles, five marks, three clearances. She's an absolute machine boys and I'm glad that she's received that 100% full midfield time this year probably the only uh, benefit of not having Brie Davy in the team is that she's rotated forward a lot less yeah um, but when she does get games where she can push forward she is absolutely elite what a year yeah. she's had this year Kat. like compared to last year in terms of, obviously she was outstanding last year but um just taking the game to another level which has been fantastic to see I, I love the selections here, boys. Three really good women of the week. Three really good selections. Well, we'll try not to be too biased towards the midfielders every week. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I've, I've just got the um the list of all the women we've picked so far this this year, and I tell you what, some really good choices all around, Miller. Mm, well, we'll have to get to the once we get to the end of the season, we'll see if uh, anyone's doubled up, and they might take out the woman of the year champion voted for them in multiple rounds. But yes, no, very exciting. But uh, we'll get through the. Oh, we'll go to the old AA team first. Then we'll yes, Doc, team. tell us it's like we said last week, it's getting harder and harder to split these hairs oh, here yes. and it's only two rounds left in the season as well. So I want to know, Doc, any changes this week to the side? <laughs> uh, I've had two changes this week, Kat. Um, well, look, look, it's, it's, it's not, they're not, they're not wholesale, cha- they're not going to be wholesale changes from now until, until then. I think everybody's settled into their, their spot Jeez. perfectly, but, um, Two two veteran heads of the game that I think probably oh look maybe just slightly uh not not deserving of their spot this week um but da- Daisy Pierce and Emma Carney are, are, have been dropped uh, obviously I think Pierce has been playing sort of more around that versatile role which it which doesn't fit my demographic of the top of, of the team she needs to be a forward mm-hmm. not 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 a versatile all rounder. Um, and Emma Carney, who got who actually got towed up by uh, Shelley Heath, one of my favourite daughters um, of the AFLW. Um, I'm surprised she's not in this team, but I can't find I can't find a spot for her. No room. No, no, no room. Uh, but the inclusions are good. Uh, Butler had a really good game on the weekend. Yeah. Kept uh, Bonnie too good goalless and showed a lot of run and drive off that off that backline as well. And uh, Greta Bodie's been putting some Ooh. some big form together. She she's into the team. She's into the team for the first time this year. Interesting, interesting in there. I like that. Yeah. So so the team reads like this: from the back line, I've got Libby Birch uh, and Sarah Allen. Halfbacks read Ruby Slasher, Karen Harrington, Nat Grider. Uh, the centre line reads Orlora Dwyer, Steph Kane on the wings, and Hatchard in the guts. Yeah. Uh, also in the guts, I've got Bree Moody starting ruck, Mon Conti and Ash Riddell. Half forward line will read Kate Hoare, Taylor Harris, and Haley Miller. Mm-hmm. The uh, forward line will read Katie Brennan and Ashley Woodland. And the interchange bench will read Lauren Pierce, Emily Bates, Greta Bodie, Ebony Marinoff, and Lauren Butler. Oh, I love those shouts all around. Surely Kate Hoare is going to be holding on to her spot in there by a thread now. It's, it, 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 it's the barest of margins. Um, but look, it's uh, look the small. As long as she's continuing to rack up possessions and and, and maybe get a goal a game, I think she's doing enough. She kicked eight goals, ten, and average 11, 11 and a half disposals per game. So she's 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 doing all right and averaging three and nearly four four score involvements a game too, Cat. So all right, yeah, um, not, not, not good enough, says Cat. Though. Not good enough. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> look, look, the, 
look, the, uh, the, the the forwards have been uh, few and far between this year, Cat. So mm-hmm. it's um, I'm not exactly sport for choice, but um, what, what's Courtney Jones doing? <laughs> <laughs> what's she doing? She's not kicking snags anymore, that's for sure. <laughs> Not not kicking snags. I mean, we were talking about it. We were talking high praise of her a few weeks ago, and uh, ever since that, she's uh, half put, put her under the rug. <laughs> under the rug yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I don't know about that, but now nah, looking good. It's it's to be very comparable to what the all Australian team is actually looking like. If the selectors aren't listening to Alex Doherty, if they don't put wingers on the wings, if they don't put forwards on the half forward line, we are going to have some words to them. That is for sure. I tell you, I tell you what as well, Cat. One player that's really stiff to miss out. Well, there's actually a couple that are stiff to miss out, but Eloise Jones on the wing, I, yes. I feel like, is very, very close. Uh, Jasmine Garner's been putting together some really, really good form as oh, of late. Jazzy not in your team yet? <laughs> well, who, who are you going to take out in the midfield? Who are you oh, take out? Like she's a shot for the league best and fairest, and she's not in the bloody All Australian team. Not good enough. Look, if I've got to put her in, I'm going to have to take Ash Riddell out, Cat. Oh, I can't have both. He says. <laughs> Throw the toys out the cot while you're at it. <laughs> I can't look between between Hatchard and Conti and Riddell and Bates mm. and Marinoff. Who am I going to take out? Yes, it's a hard one, mate. I agree with you. It's a hard one for me to select every week because they all keep bloody putting in good performances. But I'll start from the back line as per usual with the team of the week this week. Couple of ones that have popped in for the first time. I mentioned it before we started the show, Doc. But Laura Pugh. Uh, yes. Career high twenty one disposals for her. She was fantastic. Pressure as well at ground level, I thought was really phenomenal from her That's in that really game. A few, cool. a few dodgy kicks here and there, but I think she more than made up for it. Hmm. Uh, and one that we talked about a few weeks ago as well, Doc Viv Saad is in my yes. team this week. I thought she yes. was fantastic. Um, seven marks kept Caitlin Greiser goalless. She peeled off her when she needed to. Played her really, really well. I thought across that game. Um, so yeah. I'm definitely commending her for that. Can, can I just say, Kat, as well, I, I feel like, look, Viv Saad, I, I remember saying maybe about a month ago that she's not exactly fit for me a fullback, but, geez, I'll tell you what, last two weeks, she's really starting to come into her own as that as that intercept marking defender. Yeah, she's she's proven you wrong, Doc. I don't mind it. <laughs> no, um, look, I'm all, no, look, I'm all about that if it means she she plays some good football. That's what we're about here at A3. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're here to push the players just a little bit further. Yeah, absolutely. In my half-back line, Hannah Priest gets a shout for a couple of really good games for the Saints across the last week. Ruby Schleicher, she's going to be my first select in the team of the week because I reckon she's been in it about every bloody week so far. And Gab <laughs> Pound gets the other spot on the half-back line. She was fantastic at rebounding against the Giants. Midfielders, my wingers this week. Man, there is some quality in here. Sophie Conway, three goals. How do you do better than that from the wing? You don't. That's she, the, that is the answer there. One of my favourite for great reason, Kat. She's outstanding. Karen Paxman on the other wing for mine. Like I said, she's been fantastic with the uh, the inside players getting a bit more time through there. She's been able to spend a lot more time in the outside role. I'm loving seeing it. And Anne Hatchard, the other one, in the guts there. My other midfielders, Jamie Lambert, talked about it before at length. Ebony Marinov, game 50 coming up this week. If she's not in it this week, Doc, I'll be very disappointed. She's got to show up for the occasion. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, we're all about it. We, we need we need to see big game ebbs lift here. Yes, <laughs> big game for a big win here. Lauren Pierce, my ruck this week as well. Thought she matched up really well against Kim Rennie and Emma King and got the better of both of them. Along the half-forward line, Tazi Bohana. There's no tickets left on the Bohana Express. She is in yes. half-forward. Courtney yes. Hodder, I thought she had a fantastic game. Oh, Kicked those okay. two goals. 
They moved her into the midfield later in the game, and she looked fantastic. Finished with three clearances, I believe it was. Uh, anyone could look good against that West Coast midfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm giving her props for it anyway, Doc. And the other one on my half-forward line is Danny Ponta. She's been really Ooh. quiet across the season so far, but I thought this was her best game in a really long time. Uh, right, deservedly cool. so, she gets the, the gig on the half-forward line for me. Up full forward, Darcy Vessio, they became the first player in the AFLW to kick 50 goals and they deservedly earn a spot here after those two goals across the weekend. And I've given her flack all year long, Doc, and I... I we've, we've all given her flack. <laughs> but I had to put her in here, and that is Sabrina Frederick at full forward. She was just an unstoppable marking machine. She could have kicked five, realistically. She had two goals, three, uh, had she converted those other ones, but... A deserved spot for her in the full forward line. 100%. One of the best games I've seen from Sabrina Frederick uh, for a long, long time. And uh, look, I'm not going to throw shade at the uh, direct opponent too much. (coughs) Please gamble. But uh, (laughs) Kenny's missing the rest of the year now, Doc, unfortunately. So he's not going to have to see her. And uh, the uh, the two weeks wasn't for the uh, wasn't for the bump. It was for the performance she laid on the on the weekend. It was absolutely so, some of the efforts were just pee hearted. Take, right. take a seat, take a seat, Kenny, and don't Ta- come back. <laughs> don't come back. <laughs> don't come Monday, Kenny. On my bench, I've got Emily Bates, one of our absolute favourites here. I've said it a million times. She's got to be a front runner for the best and fairest, the league best yep. and fairest at this. I point. reckon the I reckon the, the more the more we see of Emily Bates this week, Kat, the more I think that's got substance. Yes, lock her in. Shelley Heath, we talked about her lockdown role. Oh. Emma Carney, I've got to give love to the lockdown players here, Doc. Yep. She was enormous. Mixtonia said, go into the forward line, keep an eye on Carnes, don't let her move, and she did just that. See her, Shelly? Go get her. Get her. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, a couple of weeks ago, she shut down Cora Staunton as well. Mm. And, and I reckon Cora's giving up at least 15 centimetres on Shelly Hay. Yeah. It's one of the most underrated players in the AFLW, Doc. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it now. Lock it in. Early no, Runnels... no, no, no one is talking about Shelley Heath enough. Sorry, Kat. Yes. Early Runnels gets my spot as a winger on the bench. We don't normally see too many of them coming wow. through, but she was outstanding, and that goal definitely helps. Maddie Prisparkis is one of my other midfielders on there. And Ellie Blackburn as well, Doc. She tried her absolute guts out. 18 touches, two goals. Um, and she's led your side to victory so many times. Couldn't do it this week, but... Was still an absolute force uh, in the middle and on the outside as well. So she earns the last spot on the bench for this week. Geez, I tell you what, Kat, I reckon that's probably the best team of the week you've done that's this year. Very nice, Kat. Thank you, thank you. Well, we've got a very considered one uh, this week. It's we're getting towards the end, so we've got to give players their dues that haven't gotten them throughout the year. Jeez, that's very yeah. nice. No, very good. And I'm all about the uh, the shout for Shelley Heath as most under yes. underrated, underappreciated player in the competition. And I won't hear any any different from anyone. <laughs> uh, we'll get into our tips as well. Boys, we're in the pointy end of the season. If you remember from last year, Alex Doherty took a nice little lead there. We'll see if the boys managed to catch up at all this week. I know I know you one of our highlights from the tipping last week, Mr. Miller, was you tipping against the Saints and I'm saying not... that they were gonna win. <laughs> and what do you know? What happened? They won. They won. I've tipped them the last two weeks, Kat, and I said I won't tip them then this week, and they'll win. And they have. You're correct. And I was upset. Um, I believe it was good to see. I'm just going to do them up here. I believe it was a pretty shocking round for me because I think I tipped Freo. How how did you go on that? I tipped Richmond. I tipped North. (laughs) So that's already three down. I definitely tipped the Saints (laughs) and the Dogs. So that's two. Lions makes three. And uh, Carlton 
makes four. So that's just a four for me, not anything special. That's week, better than three, a three for me and Doc. So, uh, well, the totals are here. Uh, I am on 40, Kat, you're on 41, and Doc's still in front with a four-tip lead on 45. Um, oh, look, at it's sitting nice. I'm sitting nice. Uh, look, I don't. I obviously have to fall over to lose a tipping competition at the moment. And I'm <laughs> giving up a four, four tip lead in the last two rounds, Doc. It's been done before, I reckon. Yeah, look, it probably, it probably has. But geez, I tell you what, some of these games on, on the weekend, you could almost mark them down as near certainties. Mm. St Kilda and Geelong is our first game for this week on the Saturday Arvo down at Moorabbin as well. Good to see the Saints can play some footy there once again. I'm going to go the Cats boys. I think they're charging up the ladder here. They could take, uh, I believe it's as high as ninth if they uh, win this game. They jump above a few. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is an, an interesting game because look, I thought the Saints were quite good um, taking their game on against the Suns on the weekend, and 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 the Cats and the Cats, I think they actually found that that forward that forward connect that they've been lacking. Mm. Um, and uh, look as well, their physical pressure as well has just been fantastic, consistently fantastic all season. Mm. Oh, look with no com- with no confidence, I'm going to go the Cats. Oh, Miller. You've got about every bloody chip wrong for the Saints so far. <laughs> yeah, um, where's oh, this it, uh, it's in, it's at Yeah, no. on, on, at 3.10 on a Saturday afternoon. I am going to go G-Long Cap. <laughs> All right, so the Saints are going to win this one, boys. Pencil yeah, in. probably. Yeah, no, I'll change, change my tip at 2.59. <laughs> Saturday evening, we've got the Giants and the Tigers. Tigers. Uh, Oh, yeah, I think I'll go to the Tigs as well. This is a bit of a game for pride here, just fighting off for those mm-hmm. last few spots along the ladder. What happened um, to the Tigers last week, Miller? Only one goal, four. Yeah, we just uh, were shit. That's, what <laughs> That's that. Spiders, they, they just weren't good enough. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. They just didn't. We didn't look at the races. Um, yeah. They were a bit woeful, but yeah. And okay. uh, stuck at the st- stuck at the gates at Henson Park. It sounds like <laughs> can't, can't get in. No. <laughs> um, now, now, what about this game, uh, Miller? Seven o'clock on the dot, off the stadium. What do you reckon? Oh, jeez, this is not, a nice, game not day, boys. nice, nice time slot for a nice game. Yeah, here. nice time slot indeed. I'm happy with this. I'm going to go Freo because it's at home, but look, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's on. It's on. I'm going to say. I'm leaning towards Freo at the moment too. Nothing against Melbourne. I think they've done very well for themselves over the last month. But I tell you what, the, the game against Adelaide on the weekend, I think they would have fired up, fired up the girls a fair bit. Yeah. They would have seen that one as a as one one they got away with. Uh, sorry, one one that slipped away. Hmm. Um, I might um, I might go the Deeds here, boys, for a good point of difference. I think uh, they're on the Whoa. charge at the moment, Melbourne. They're looking nice. He's got, he's got a beat. I'll back him flying over. Uh, the other game, double header at Optus Stadium, which is great to see, boys. The Eagles no. taking on your doggies, Doc. Um, nine, you nine, have nine, to say. 9.40pm. Nine, look, it's good It's good over there because um, it, it, it probably won't be as hot as, as it would be in, at 1.10pm at, at the uh, the People's Republic of Western Australia. <laughs> um, but we're all going to be out and about. Everybody's going to start a party already on a Saturday night. Yes, well. Yeah, no, I'll be tucked into bed at 9.40pm, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, oh, look, I've thought about this all week, all, all week, and if we don't get up for this one, then geez, we have absolutely no no right to be anywhere near the top six. Yeah, it's yours. It's yours still taking here, Doc. I I will say though, be wary. I, I think I think West Coast were absolutely dismal on, on the weekend against Brisbane. They would they would have assessed it. 
they would have um they would and they'll be working hard on the training track uh, and I reckon that they'll they'll come out with they'll come out with their fists swinging. I reckon. Mm. Oh, I don't yeah. mind that call, Miller. Who you going with the doggies? Yeah, worst case the shot. Yeah, <laughs> the game at Maroochydore, Brisbane and North Melbourne. Like we said, this is going to shape the look of the top. What six. a game this is, Cat. This is actually, this is exciting. I've, I've actually just got a question with 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 all the floods going on in Queensland as well. Our, our best wishes to all the folks up north. Yes. Oh, yes. Are they even going to play? Are they even going to play the game at Maroochydore? We saw oh. that we saw that video of the chaps swimming swimming laps in the in at Maroochydore at the Maroochydore Oval. Yes. Yeah, actually, don't be surprised if we hear an announcement um, in the coming days. They might have to fly them out down here, like the the Lions men's team has been flown out down here. Yes. Um, to, to play their community series games, so. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Doc. <laughs> Haven't heard anything yet, but I'd say it's more likely than not to not be played in the region. Yeah, yeah, it probably won't be played. In Mar- Look, I wouldn't mind. Apparently, it, uh, up north isn't isn't doing too bad for themselves. I think I think was it Cairns or Townsville. Yeah, play 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 at Kazali Stadium. That'd be fantastic. Well, I think um, they've they've gone against uh, plenty of um, challenges before the Lions. I think they'll be right for this game as well. Mm. Yeah, oh look, you you watched them on the weekend against West Coast, and they just looked they just looked all business, didn't they, Brisbane? Yeah, they looked um, very very good. Look, oh, I'm going to go Brisbane here, but I reckon it'll be under a goal either way. Yeah, oh, good shout that. I, I think North North will absolutely bring it, but I just I just don't see how they're gonna how they compose themselves when the game's on the balance. No, a lot a lot of it's just hat kicks to somebody up forward, and mm. I tell you what, not, not even Emma King was up forward in that last quarter when they dominated possession. No, if they're gonna, if, if they're gonna bomb the ball, North Melbourne, what why what why is it why isn't she there? Good question, hey Jack. <laughs> yeah, Good I don't know question. about that one. But we've got another game that's clashed between the top six. Well, we can barely count the pies of the top six team here, but they did earn themselves the top six. No, no, no. I won't talk too much smack on them. They did earn themselves that victory last week. No, they they did. They did. But uh, who who the hell is taking on uh, Marinov and Hatchie head-to-head here, Doc? Um, it'll be uh, Jamie Lambert, uh, Michaela Can, and possibly Tiny Brown. Tell you what, I wouldn't mind seeing the bull, Michaela Can, play a bit more of a tagging lockdown the role bull. here. She's capable of it, Miller. I've seen her do it before. Yes. We know how dangerous these two are through the guts, so stick her on one of them, whoever's looking more dangerous after the first five minutes, and I think they could be on here, the pilot. I like but... that. That's not a bad shake, Cap. I support that. But no, I'm still back in the pros. Can on Marinoff, I reckon. Yeah. Put it put it in. Uh, it in. Having, sa- having said that, though, I mean, yeah, look, Magpies deserve their top six spot. No, no questions about that. But uh, Crom. Go yeah, Crom. yeah, yeah. I want to say Crom FC. Yeah. Go Crom. 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 Crom by a fair margin, too. Yeah. Uh, the final game of the round, the Blues uh, will try and beat up on a team that's down on form once again here in the Sunday afternoon <laughs> slot. Um, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm still bullish on the on the Suns. I think yeah. they can fight back in this game and, and make it back into the winner's column. So am I. I'm, I'm going the Suns as well. Oh, you both going the Suns, are you? Yeah, all stuff, stuff, Gum. Oh, <laughs> look, look, I don't know. I think the Blues have actually found found some found some formula to the system. You going the Blues at the, the at the moment at, at Icon Park too? Oh, look, I'll, I'll take the punt. I'll go Carlton. Um, I, I, I'm just not sure whether or not the Suns can play four quarters of footy. Mm. Well, I, I think they'll prove it this week against the Carlton outfit that has been, you know, they've got to win last week, but I don't know. I think that they, yeah. I don't know. Suns have been good. 
yeah, look, it's, it's been it's been it's been one of those one of the, one of those years for both of them. Like, I've I've liked what the Suns have done. Mm. Well, I've looked I've looked at their last couple of weeks against us. Against us, they felt they fell they capitulated in that last quarter, and then the against the Saints last week, it, it took them until I think half time to actually get going. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, I I just don't know whether or not they can play four quarters of footy. I think the Blues can play four quarters of footy, but just not against. Just not against uh, any of the top six. Interesting, Doc. If they if they win that, they're gonna be going three wins in a row. The Blues. So if you're backing them in there, that's some decent form for them. Yeah. Well, look. Just just explains why I'm why I'm so good at tipping. <laughs> I'd I'd be a bit if the Blues end up winning yeah four odd games for the year. I don't know if that even reflects how poor they've been at. At times, really, it'll be if they win this game, the teams they'll beat will be Geelong, St Kilda, the Giants, and Gold Coast. Yeah, well, they've got they've got particularly scalps. No, yeah, nah. Look, they've got Melbourne next weekend as well. So if they lose by about forty points, then uh, bye bye, Harford. (laughs) That's that, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Bye bye, Harford. um, (laughs) Give give him his papers. Send send somebody else down to do the job. Oh dear. All right, well, that's um, that's going to be that I think for us this yep. week on the A Three Footy Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on another AFLW episode. Make sure you're tuning in as well next week. The practice games for the men's uh, the last week is going to be played across the round. We'll have a special practice game episode. We'll take a look at what we did and didn't like for each team out of those. Sure, going to be plenty of talking points, some injury news and whatnot as well, <laughs> especially for the poor Weagles. I can't wait to talk about that mob before the men's <laughs> season starts. Uh, I, know Alex, I know Alex Miller's got some choice words about the Eagles at the moment. The shit. <laughs> One choice word, actually. Uh, make sure you follow just, us I reckon that's just tip of the iceberg. <laughs> make sure you follow us across all our socials, A3Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at A3Footy on Twitter to find when new episodes come out. And as well, if you want to hear us talk about anything out of the men's practice games, A3Footy at gmail.com. Any preseason predictions or anything like that, we'd love to hear from you as well because they'll be interested to see how we shape up our ladders coming into the season. There's going to be a few movers and sliders, I think, come 2022 beginning. But with all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Tune in next week. It's going to be a bumper week. The rotisserie chicken's back. We're going to have the men's and women's season backing up next to each other. It's going to be a challenge as always, but we love it at A3. We just love the foopy. Stick around. Foopy never stops. (laughs) 